from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour podcast on the Ramsey Networks with old George Camel, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Sarah starts this hour in New York City. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Good. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? So I was just calling because I'm about to start baby step number two, and um, I have some money set aside for the kids and custodial accounts and i didn't know if i was supposed to use that on that i've read make total money makeover in the handbook and i just it wasn't clear so i just wanted to clarify uh, I, I, I would not unless it was in a, okay, some kind of some kind of super emergency technically okay, no technically you can um mm-hmm. but what en- what ends up happening is most of us that are parents uh feel like uh, a dirt bag if we use kid yeah, money that no, we had set aside for our kid right <laughs> mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that dirt bag feeling yeah. offsets any of the good progress you're making 100 <laughs> percent. and i thought that's what you would say but i just wanted to make sure yeah <laughs> how much debt have you something. got sarah um non-house related 74 okay and household incomes what uh 310 okay so you're gonna be able to get it without doing this yeah no trouble Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. I think I could probably do it in like 14 months. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah. And how much is in the custodials? Oh, it's not much. It's like 10K. Yeah. So it doesn't even make so, a difference, yeah. really. Yeah. It's just more, yeah, of a con- yeah. more of a concept than anything. So, yeah, mm-hmm, yet, mm-hmm. Yet, yet another reason. But, I mean, if, um, you know, you're, I, I don't know, some bizarre thing, you, you had a medical emergency or of a, with an adult and like you or your husband or mm-hmm. something in the house and you there's a hundred thousand dollars in the kid's account and we needed to pay medical yeah i would use it for that yeah you know but but okay. but um most of the time you just the the negative feelings aren't uh, don't uh you know would offset any good the money would do uh in my opinion mm-hmm. and so that's why we would say don't do that I, i'd leave that money alone what do you think yeah that's what i was gonna say i was curious the numbers or what it was specifically for or where did they get it if it was that they funded it as parents yeah i was just curious more of that um but when it comes down to it yeah that's exactly right it's their money so i would stop adding until i'm debt free Mm -hmm. and i would stop adding until i had my emergency fund and i would stop adding to a custodial until i had 15 percent baby step four going into my uh into my retirement funds and now so once you've walked up the baby steps and you're back to baby step five then you would start adding again but i wouldn't um but it's kind of like retirement in the sense i wouldn't cash out retirement but i would stop adding to it while you're at this stage ben is in nashville hi ben how are you i'm doing okay how about yourself dave better than we deserve what's up Yeah, so I have a question about disability insurance. My wife and I have got your standard policies for a workplace, mine 60%, uh, and my wife's is 70. And we have been considering getting supplemental disability coverage. We don't have kids yet, but plan on it Um, in in the next year, 18 months. And so we were just wondering what your advice would be on the supplemental coverage. Generally, it falls in the gimmick category. Um, and, okay. and so the bang for the buck is not as good. Uh, mm-hmm. is your workplace furnish 
the other two disability policies? They furnish the the two that we have right yeah, now. That's what I mean. Yeah, we would be going outside of that. I understand. To get the supplemental policy. Yeah, I understand. So, uh, and and so, but if you like, uh, your policy would cost prop would cost your employer probably uh, half what you would pay for a small supplement policy. It's just it's mm-hmm. not meaning the supplement policies are expensive. They're a little bit gimmicky. That's what I'm saying for the actual coverage. Yes, they are expensive. <laughs> yeah, and so um, I mean, it's certainly dependent upon your uh, your occupation. Yeah, I was gonna say, what do y'all do, Ben? Do you have a high risk of something happening physically to you because of a job or? No, I'm a lawyer and my wife is a nurse. Okay. Okay, and, and uh, what are you guys out of debt? You've got some money built up or what? We are on baby step number two right now. We should be out of out of debt in here in about sixteen months or so, um, and we make at one hundred and thirty thousand a year total. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I would not buy it. I would not buy supplemental okay. in your case. I, I, as you've discovered, it's not. It's expensive for what it what you get, and mm-hmm. you know the you've got the main thing covered because after taxes mm-hmm. you're. Your sixty percent or your seventy percent is going to be about what you're coming home. I mean, you're coming home with eighty percent probably. But I mean, you're you're not going to lose. Uh, you're not going to be living on sixty percent of your current take home. You'll be living sixty percent of your gross or seventy percent of your gross. And so, um, yeah. And if I woke up in your shoes when I was in your shoes, I did not carry additional disability. And um, but I will re- reiterate, because I'm glad you brought this up. It's not something we talk about enough on this. Mm-hmm. Dis- long-term disability insurance is the most underinsured area in America. You need long-term disability insurance. Hopefully, you can buy it through work very inexpensively, or work furnishes it for you, or you can buy it through your association if you're home builder and you buy through the home builders association or whatever something like that but get long-term disability insurance it is very inexpensive for what it is for that first 60 to 70 percent amount and you're 32 times more likely to become disabled than to die if you're 30 years old between 30 and 65 so your probability of disability between 30 and 65 is high much higher than, than it is if you uh, than death is and yet we all run around talking about life insurance and you need to get life insurance mm-hmm. too but um but yeah so ben brings up a really valid point that disability insurance is vital but supplemental is not yeah so for any additional disability insurance when would be a time that you're like yeah i would recommend something i mean is it is it labor because i would think if you're at a job that is more physically taxing like you know what i mean if there's if you're in a blue collar situation of some kind yeah your your disability policy is going to be even higher because mm. it's it's as much occupation based as it is age or health based so anything extra is not so, even i mean necessary. if you're a high-rise, high-rise window cleaner right, right. versus you drive a, a cubicle for a living right you know it's a whole different set of categories for you to get uh, they're gonna it's really expensive okay so again you've got to go back and try to get it through some kind of an association but you know what we're talking about is something like an aflac policy mm-hmm. and it's like the cancer policy the accidental death, death policy yeah, yeah, yeah. the cat insurance the uh heart attack insurance whatever all this it's all gimmick stuff yeah and so i don't i don't spend money on that stuff at all and so I'm sorry, Nick Saban, but I just don't. There you go. 
this. You're not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Aflac duck. Yeah, but there we go. This is the Ramsey Show. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. So before we went on the air today, you did your uh, uh, free webinar on budgeting with the Every Dollar Gang, right? Yes, we did. Yep. We had um, yeah a couple thousand show up. I think over 10, 11,000 registered. So there'll be some replays going out to those people that submitted their email address. But, um, but yeah, it went really well. We kind of just dove into the fact that your budget really is the found, one of the foundational principles of winning long-term. You do this in baby step one all the way to seven and how most people feel still just out of control with their money, that paycheck to paycheck cycle. And then you have inflation on top of that. Student loan payments are about to start coming in again. So, so there's just a lot there. So really pressing people and showing them, hey, here's how to do a budget. And then even with every dollar, every dollar premium, like here's the here is the functions for your day to day life with money and how we built it to help people again day to day having it accessible on your phone uh, and just making it something that's part of your your habits on an everyday basis. So it was uh, it was great, and I have another one on the 24th of August. Um, so you can sign up at everydollar.com/webinar for that one. And mm, I every dollar.com slash budgeting. Well, I think that one's Jade's. I think we all have different. No, it's every, they're all on there now. They're all on my, according to this thing I have in my hand. Okay. Well, according to the website. Okay. I could be wrong, but yeah. anyway. So anyway, you could try either one. Every dollar.com slash budgeting. Jade will be teaching another one. She had 10,000 at hers. George is, uh, George is doing one as well coming yep. up soon too. Yep. August 30th is Jade and George and Rachel Cruz. All of these are free webinars on budgeting with, the student loans bearing down on you, inflation bearing down on you, credit card debts at an all-time high. Uh, folks are needing to get control, and the budget's the tool that helps you do that. It's completely free to go to one of these webinars. So go to everydollar.com slash budgeting or everydollar.com. Slash webinar was slash my last webinar. one. They may have okay. changed since, but it right. was webinar. Let's, let's see what it is. You can find it either way. We'll get you going. Yep. Open phones at 888 Julie is with us in Houston, Texas. Hi, Julie. How are you? Hi, I'm fine, and you? Better than I deserve. What's up? <laughs> well, um, my husband's family has a history of very early onset Alzheimer's. Mm. So my husband had to stop working at 49 years old. So his he mom, has it. So he has it. Right, right, he does. And his mom had it, and she had to stop working like early 50s. And she lived to be 67. Mm-hmm. Now, I say that so you understand that maybe with the early onset, they live a lot longer, right, needing do. care a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I have three kids. Mm-hmm. And so um, they are in their 20s, 29, 26, 24. And so they have about 15 to 20 years to prepare financially for the possibility of them needing 15 years of care. And I don't want them to be in the same mess that you know my husband and i are in so my question to you is how can they prepare financially for this huge um burden now i know they need long-term care insurance but they're going to need you know a substantial amount of money as well yeah i'm sorry wow what what a tough thing you guys are going through um yeah how long ago was he diagnosed julie your husband um, five years, 
54 now. Mm, how's he doing? Well, he's attending an adult daycare, and uh, he's starting to progress a little bit, um, starting with hallucinations and stuff. Mm. And just, yeah, he's he's changing on me. I'm so I'm sorry, sorry, Julie. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, there is no, there, there is no uh, different formula. It's just... Um, it's just got this, uh, I don't know, different urgency, I guess, if you will, uh, to prepare. Because as you said, long-term care insurance, the typical policy only covers three or four years. Um, most of them don't cover, mm-hmm. you know, from 49 to 65 kind of thing. Uh, right. You can investigate those types of policies. The ones that I have seen are very expensive. They're inordinately expensive because yeah. the, uh, the the long-term care industry is – figured out that not counting you know you're obviously you all are an outlier statistically but the uh, typical nursing home stay is three years or less two and a half to three years that's the average uh and so they're covering that and that's about all they're covering so they're not um but yeah you can investigate that and the first three to four years of use of the policy then when you are not able to care for them care for someone you know you would do that Mm -hmm. uh and but other than that, it's a, it's a wealth-building formula. What's the best wealth-building formula? You know, walking these baby steps and building wealth. Now, you know, you may want to adjust your baby step four and start thinking, like, it, like sometimes people call us and they're going to retire early before 59 and a half and to have access to their 401ks and Roth IRAs and so forth, which you can get hardship access to those without penalties, but uh, it's hard to prove it and hard to pull it off. So if, but if someone's going to retire early, we tell them put some of their money in non-retirement investing called bridge investing. And so, you know, instead of putting 15% all into Roth IRAs and 401ks, um, I might put 10% there and 5% into just S&P 500 or some mutual funds that have low turnover ratios, right? So that you've got some money that's not trapped in a 401k that you could get to in case you had to deal this with this before 59 and a half. Does that make sense? And most likely they will. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, if they, yeah, yes, you know, face the One same thing. One or more it's, of them probably. It's yeah. not, yeah, it's not a hundred percent, but yeah, you've had no. this, had this horrible pattern that you guys have watched um and yeah very very mm-hmm. tough so yeah I, um you know and, and and then i guess the rest of the equation is spiritual and emotional isn't it yes yeah just just walking uh through something like this in, in as a faith exercise so to speak and then and, and dealing with the emotions of, of what you guys are facing i'm so sorry i wish i had i wish i had a really good easy answer to make the mm-hmm. the money part easy and even but even the money part's not going to be easy yeah and i think julie for them just to be able to which i'm sure they are because they're experiencing it with their dad i mean as we speak and so um for them to know hey i i have to be even more disciplined and buckled down mm-hmm. um knowing you know, some things about my future that is a possibility, you know, unlike the average person's walking around, they, they, they don't know, you know, they may not have that deep of a family history that they kinda, are aware it, of. So it kind of just fast forwards for them, a level of, I mean, kind of buckling down and maturity to know, okay, if this is really true, 
how much do I need to have so my family can take care of me? And that may mean sacrificing, you know, some of the fun or whatever it may be, but just being that much more intentional. And then also, I think, having the joy of life. And that was the emotional, spiritual part that you were kind of talking about. Mm-hmm. But also not letting fear, um, you or know, grid. drive drive all of this. You know, John mm-hmm. Deloney's coming out with a new book um, called Building a Non-Anxious Life. And not that that book is going to have all the answers, um, Julie, for your situation, but stay on the line and Austin can pick up because we want to give you, it's on pre-order right now, but we'll get you um, set up for for that to ship to you and then anyone else listening because I think that that's, um, it's a part of this equation that it could so easily turn Mm -hmm. into dread a lot, yeah, which is reasonable and understandable, but also you don't want it to steal um, the the, the parts of life that do have the joy. Mm-hmm. And being able to live in that. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly. so difficult. Exactly. So sorry you're facing that. Yeah. And if we can help you any any way as you're walking through this, you call us anytime. We'll help you any way we can. But um yeah, the idea that um oh, I'll deal with that later. I'm just gonna screw around yeah. now in my twenties and be irresponsible. Those kids don't have that option. Yep. They gotta lean in. Yeah. They gotta they gotta be serious from day one. And that that's not a bad thing. That part that part's not a mm-hmm. bad thing. The reason is a bad thing, but the, the result is not a bad thing. This is The Ramsey Show. It continues to amaze me how identity thieves keep finding ways to use our own identities against us. Not only do they commit crimes related to financial fraud, medical ID theft, and insurance benefit fraud, but now we have to deal with home title fraud. Thieves are using your own personal info to take ownership of your home so they can take out loans and you end up with a pile of debt and foreclosure notices. Over 4,000 data breaches happened in 2018, exposing 3.6 billion records. So thieves have plenty of identities to use and there's a one in five chance it will be yours. That's why Xander Insurance is the only program I use and recommend. Their plan covers all types of identity theft, and it takes over all the work if you become a victim. Visit Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We're glad you're here. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Danielle is in St. Louis. Hi, Danielle. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Better than we deserve. What's up? Good. Hey, um, I have a car fleece right now, and it is going to end in April, the end of April 2024, and I'm starting to prepare what I need to be doing at the end of that um, currently I'm in baby step two. I started last June and I've, I'm about at the halfway mark right now, but I'm wondering, the only thing I have left in my snowball is three student loans. And then of course I'm just making my normal monthly payments on my car. Um, so I don't know if I should be trying to put aside money to buy that out at the end, the value on it versus what I will have to pay for the buyout is about 6000 in equity that I should have. So I don't know if I should be setting aside money. So you to think buy you're going to be able to buy it $6,000 cheaper than it's worth? Yes. I mean, right now, that's it's unusual. Valued at about, it's very unusual. It is. 
I just looked at the KBB today, and it's valuing at about twenty six thousand. Um, and my buyouts on my actual lease contract has it at twenty. $20,642. In April? In April. Yeah, your car will go down in value down between now and April. Right. Probably $6,000. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what kind of car is this? Um, it's a Subaru Crosstrek, and yeah. I'm significantly under my mileage as well. So yeah, that, part of me is like... You don't get credit do for I that, look- but the only way you get credit is the actual value of the car. So... I'm going to guess and say the car is going to be worth 22. Okay. I'll just make a number up. Okay. Okay. And you can buy it for 20. And so you're not overpaying for the car, but you've got all these student loan debts and you got $20,000 car uh, and you're under your mileage. Uh, what's your household income? Um, it's just me. Um, my primary is just under 50,000. And then my side hustle, I'm estimating to make about 12 this year. Mm-hmm. So about 62, give or take. And what is left in your debt snowball? Just three student loans? Three student loans and then just my my fleece payment. How what's, much are those? What's, so what's the loans, balance on the student loans each? Um, I have, I just made a payment today, so it'll be 3500 7300 and 8900 So total will be nineteen seven. Okay. All right. Uh, I have a theory of what I might do. Sure. Um, I'm all open ears. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're going to have $20,000 and be debt free by April, unless there's some kind of miracle happens in the numbers I didn't hear. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you were debt free and you had $20,000 cash and you wanted to buy the car, we could talk about that. But, uh, if you were going to just walk up and buy a $20,000 car in the middle of what you're going through right now, you wouldn't. Fair. Yeah, okay? that's fair. If, you know, and so. That means you don't buy this $20,000 car. And because it's not going to okay. be worth 26 in April, it's going to be worth 21, 22. It's not, it's not going to be the deal of the century. It's at least, it's just not going to be there. So I'm turning it in and I'm going to have saved $5,000 to pay cash for a car. And okay. so I'm going to, I'm going to knock out the 35, I'm going to knock out the 3,500 and then I'm going to save $5,000. So I'm putting $5,000 in your debt snowball to buy a car. Okay. In April. I, do, I have been putting a little bit aside already, so I'm at about six. So then I can consider <laughs> that done. Oh, uh, you were already cheating the baby steps. <laughs> I, I don't know that I call it cheating. I call it preparing. <laughs> Knowing that it's coming. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, I would stop uh, and buy a $6,000 car and okay. uh, when, when, when April gets here. And in the meantime, I would just tear into these student loans. And then you can move back up in car later uh, with cash after you get your emergency fund in place. But in other words, okay. if this car was $10,000 to buy it instead of twenty, we might stretch and do it. But twenty is a bit of a stretch with your income numbers because you're only dealing with 62. Okay. That's kind of what I was wondering. I was like, it seems like it would be kind of right, right around yeah. the questionable mark. Yeah, so. it's it's a little above the bubble for me to be wanting to do it. If if I'm in your shoes, I'm just saying, what well, what I do if I woke up in your shoes? So, and you, except for the six thousand dollar already saved part, yeah, yeah, but you were has, right on. We're right there together. Yeah, <laughs> she's doing it before you even told her. Now, some people might be like, but Dave, you're going off the baby steps. You're going off the debt snowball. But this would be a time to say, no, no, I'm selling a car. So let, let's. Uh, it would be like if you're selling a. It would be the same as if you had a thirty-five thousand dollar car loan, and we're like, "Hey, sell it." 
and get a six thousand dollar yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's say you were upside down on a car and take a loan out, and for you the ended up with a small loan that mm-hmm. was in the baby steps. That's the same thing too. So all of this is just we've got to get we got to provide for basic transportation. Yep. And so yeah, six thousand dollar car fits beautifully in this, and she's already a step ahead of us. <laughs> Bill in New York City. Hi, Bill. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? I am in between buying an apartment for myself and buying a mixed-use building, and I'm not sure what to do. Hmm. Well, both are excellent things, and so it's a choice between excellent things, right? It's not like yeah, one. I don't know. I, I don't think one's in the stupid column and one's not. Okay. The advantages in a 20-year game plan of owning the home you live in are pretty dramatic. Um, and but, but obviously, investment real estate is pretty dramatic and wonderful. So, uh, But what happens is, what people don't think about when you buy a home, the first thing you do is you do away with rent, and rent goes up every year. And home you know, what you pay for your home doesn't go up every year. It'll go up some with taxes and insurance, but I'm talking about your payment. The, the largest line item in your budget is locked in. The second thing is it's going up in value tax-free. 250000 can be profit uh, after one year held, uh, single, 500000 married. Uh, and then the third thing is, is the one of the things we find in the millionaire studies, studying millionaires, is one of the biggest items is a paid-for home. That uh, stabilizes your, uh, you know, your your last thirty years of your life. You don't have increasing rents, and you've got a very stable, predictable, non chaotic situation because your home life is steady. It, versus investment real estate over there is playing monopoly. Yeah, and that's more of a game. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think owning your own place of residence is. It's a huge factor in not only just building wealth, but if your entire just financial picture for not just the math sake, but also just the peace of mind sake of having a place to live that's yours. And again, the fact that it's going up in value and all of that is is fantastic. So, um, so yeah, I'm all about buying the home for myself, but also investing in real estate. It's it's another great option for for wealth building too. Yeah, yeah. I, if I were you, I would buy a house first. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, after all that babbling, that's what I was saying. <laughs> you know, so yeah, just straight up buy a home and uh, then get it paid for, and then save up and pay cash for investment real estate. And uh, Rachel's husband Winston runs our family real estate, and he's a real estate investor as well. They always pay cash; we pay cash um, for investment real estate. We love real estate. I'm a huge real estate fan, but I, I'm not a huge mortgage fan. And I just there's. I can always relate. I, I don't know. It's it's one part. Uh, it's a you know. It's forty two years I've been married, almost forty one years I've been married, and, and um, in my forty second year, I guess is the way of saying it. And yet, I can still remember that part of being single. That I think, gosh, I could live in a tent and have investment real estate. You know, because I always wanted to be an investor that badly. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to buy real estate, and so, you know, that's kind of what he's thinking. He's thinking, I just that that apartment over there, owning that thing, would be so cool. And so I can always relate to that emotionally. That's what causes me to babble through the answer. But at the end of the babbling, I still bought a house. This is The Ramsey Show.
Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. Savannah's in Orlando. Hi, Savannah. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, how are you? Better than we deserve. What's up? Um, we are homeowners, and um, our property taxes and car insurance rates in Florida went up like crazy this past year. Um, we are under on a lot of our bills, and we've been trying to make it work with our savings. Um, our savings are running out in the next few months, and we're trying to decide if we should sell our home because we have a lot of equity in the home or if we should accept a $10,000 gift from a family member to help us um, be able to stay in the home a little longer. Okay, so Savannah, how much how much is your home worth? Um, uh, a realtor came and they said our home was worth about four hundred thousand. And how much do you owe on it? Um, I believe uh, we got it two years ago. It was two fifty one. Um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking how much we owe on it. So um, they said we'd walk away with. Um, a hundred and thirty thousand, roughly, okay. um, if we got for what it was worth. And how much do you own your car? Um, our cars are a big issue. We pay um, our, all our debt. We owe about twenty five thousand um, for our debt. What, what What do you owe on your car? Um, my car is, I believe, sixteen thousand, and my husband's is five thousand. Mm-hmm. What's your household income? Um, we bring home about 3900 a month. Okay. What are you going to do when the $10,000 gift runs out? Uh, exactly. That, that's why I was thinking maybe selling the home would, would be better, but I wasn't sure um, what, what we should do. I wanted to make the right choice. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that the $10,000 gift is a, is a it's just financial denial. I mean, you're mm-hmm. just kicking the can down the road. You're you're still haven't dealt with the problem. The problem is your budget's upside down. Okay. Right. That's kind of what you were yeah. already thinking. <laughs> yeah, you were already thinking oh, that. Yeah. So, what's your household income again? Thirty nine hundred a month. Uh, um, oh, I'm sorry, a month. <laughs> Four thousand dollars a month. How much is your house payment? Um, it went up to seventeen hundred a month uh, this. Yeah, year. sell your house. Okay. You can't afford the house, and it wasn't the insurance. You couldn't afford it before, and you may need to sell the sixteen thousand dollar car too. Okay. Y'all are swimming in stress, aren't you? Yes, we are. This is not fun. Are y'all fighting? No, we're 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 handling it pretty well. We're trying to trust the Lord um, and decide what to do. That's Christian for I'm fighting. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, we are fighting a little bit, but I feel like we've been doing okay. I'm kidding with you. All right. So, <laughs> how long you guys been married? Daughter. How long have you been married? Three years. Okay, and you've been collecting crap the whole time you got married. Now you got a big old pile of crap and a big old pile of debt. So let's get rid of a bunch of crap and get your life back. Okay. Sell the sixteen thousand dollar car, sell the house, and get your life back. And there's a part. I want, you to, I want you to like your life and each other again. Yeah, and there's a part of trusting the Lord. Absolutely, we're people of faith, but there's also that Savannah. You guys have to do. You you guys have to make decisions, hard decisions, and you have to put action towards things that are needed. 
right? Do you, do you get that too? Like, yeah, if I weigh 300 pounds and I want to lose weight, I can't just trust the Lord. I have to back off the donuts. Right. It's both things, right? And that that's the thing. And that that's like Dave's example because Dave's addicted to donuts. So uh, although I have, I'm donut free for gosh about almost three years now mm-hmm. i'm donut free so you'd bring donuts to our house pretty good i'm gonna get my little donut coin soon oh my gosh but um yeah um but yeah savannah i mean and i think for you guys honestly um if you stay on the line austin's gonna pick up because i want you guys you and your husband you've been married three years to go through financial peace university this is nine lessons on exactly step by step what to do mm. with your money because you guys are just kind of you're just um, you're just normal. I mean, really, is what it comes down to. You like yeah. you have a great house, you have great cars, and you think, oh God, everyone else seems to be getting ahead and doing well, and here I am. And this, there's a lot of stress to this life that looks like it should be okay, and it's not. And I don't know what we're doing wrong. And so, having a very methodical plan where you guys are on the same page and you know what's going on, and you actually have a plan that you're working towards, and that's probably going to mean selling the house. Um, that's going to mean selling the car. It's mean backing off on some stuff because yeah, I mean, you guys are, you know, I mean, after taxes, you're probably bringing home 40 K. Um, so that's what you have to work with. And there's a lot of debt here compared to that income. And so it's probably does feel very overwhelming, but it's possible to, to change all of this, but it's going to require a lot of sacrifice and diligence on you guys on your end. And you, yeah, and you can do that. If you'll take a machete to some of this junk in your life, you'll um you'll get a life back because right now you're you don't you don't even realize how how hard it is to breathe yeah because you're just you're concentrating and you're being sweet and honestly you called with the exact right question and you already knew the answer to it that the ten thousand dollars just kicks the can down the road it's you're living in an unsustainable set of mathematics and the mathematics are kicking your butt and you were, you already knew that, so you're you're on top of it. You're gonna you got the stuff to win. Rachel's right. We'll get you signed up for Financial Peace University. You know, her case is almost like a, a stereotypical case study thing. Larry Burkett mm-hmm. used to say, "We we uh, spend the first seven years of our marriage trying to attain the same standard of living as our parents, but it took them thirty five or forty years to get there." Yeah. And we do it in four or five years of marriage. They've been married three years, four years, and they just been get a house, get cars, get a house, get cars, get blah, blah, blah. And you just gather. And then you, all of a sudden you look up and you go, oh, crap, I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to kill you. The stress, I'm going to kill my spouse. My stress is, level is so high. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and but that's the, the, the problem is the stupid banks will loan you so much money that they put you in bankruptcy because they don't have an off button. They'll just loan you money. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go get a credit card. You can go on a trip you can't afford. You can, go, you can go down here and get a car. And I'm like, you know, I was sitting with a young couple when I first started doing coaching many years ago. Their take-home pay was 2600 bucks, and the guy had a $1,200 car payment. Which was a – that's insane for now. No, that I mean, was that, insane 30 years that, ago. That was – yeah, that would be like having a 3000 or $2,500 car payment now, right? But he, know. you know, twenty six hundred dollar take home pay, twelve hundred dollar car payment, yeah. And he's like, "We're having trouble paying for our kids' food." And I'm like, "Well, no kidding." Mm-hmm. I said, "You need to sell a stupid car, man." And he's like, "No, uh, I can't sell that car." I said, "Yes, you can." He goes, "No, God gave us that car." I said, "God did not give you that car." He goes, "How you know?" I said, "Because the scripture's real clear: the blessings of the Lord have no sorrow added to them." And this has got sorrow written all over it, Bubba. 
And he goes, well, even the finance manager said it was a miracle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I bet it was a dead cum miracle that some bank approved your crazy yes. butt little purchase. But they will, they will loan you so much that even the finance manager thinks it's a miracle can't believe it went through <laughs> must can, be the lord <laughs> whoa i made another sale must look at be that the lord. thank you lord <laughs> oh my gosh guy and god's up there going i got nothing to do with this don't blame this on me <laughs> don't put my name there <laughs> oh uh, hey the banks will loan you so much they just you know and you know there's actually people out there walking around that still think that if the bank will loan it to you, it means you can, can pay it. afford it. it. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's the same people that thinks yeah. if you have checks left in your checkbook, there must be money in the account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same people. <laughs> well, because you can afford the payment. You know what I mean? Like, that's the that's the mindset. I can afford the, the living situation that we're in because we're not behind on payments and yeah. all of it, right? So you're just staying right afloat, and that's where risk and life and job loss and sickness all that never comes into play but when it does then that's your wake-up call gotta love it this is the ramsey show Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.